0: You both have super interesting backgrounds. (laughs) Um, I feel like we could spend the whole show digging into that, but then we wouldn't get the time to dig into sort of what you guys have built, what you are still building and and looking to build in the future. And I I think that's probably where we both want to spend most of our time. uh, You know, today you both used the phrase social capital uh, in talking about underdog and, and what excites you about blockchain. Maybe one of you could expound on what what that means as sort of a, a launching point for our conversation.
1: For sure, Kevin, you want to maybe kick it off and talk a little bit about the social token beginnings and uh, bringing it all the way to compression.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think a little bit of context uh, on Underdog uh, tells a lot about like where we are where we are today, and we started more on the consumer side of things in Web three, and I think there's a lot of challenges there. Uh, where we started with like social tokens and nfts for like credentialing and i think even on that side it's like just getting people to use any crypto app is extremely difficult you have even the challenges on the wallet side where you have to have the wallet downloaded you have to have crypto you have to on-ramp off-ramp and for nfts uh where you have this potential to 10x or 100x that that bag of yours people will jump through any hoops to use the product but for more just normal consumer apps where you're looking at like a social product or um, just some u- useful utility, people aren't necessarily willing to hop through all those hoops and finding that killer use case in crypto um, outside of just creating more crypto. Um, I think crypto is, has a long way to go uh, before, before it gets there. Um, so what we saw across the ecosystem as we were talking with a lot of different product products in Web3 is that people continue to reinvent the wheel over and over around Um, How to use NFTs, how to use Web3 in the product, whether it's like wallet infrastructure using the Metaplex SDK. Um, And we uh, we had a really like faithful conversation with Super Team where we showed them what we built kind of this like credentialing and badging system with um, NFTs. And they were like, hey, we would love to use this, but we already have this like reputation XP system built out with Zapier and Airtable. Um, and we need an API to use, use your product. So that's kind of where the light bulb moment went off It's like, we need to stop reinventing the wheel, um, in crypto and be able to plug it in like more like a, in, in a truly composable, truly composable way. So we're like, Hey, let's turn what we've built so far, this infra around like gasless transactions and like kind of, uh, issuing NFTs with the Metaplex SDK and make it into an API. Um, so super team was kind of one of our first like pilot customers on this we just launched with them recently with their super team um xp um xp nfts and what that really allows is people to focus on their core competency their core product whether it's solarplex and building these scavenger hunts and we handle that like nft web 3 side of like managing all your nfts in one place making them easily indexable and updatable so you can create a really dynamic experience as a web3 product that's not just focused on like how do i manage all my nfts or like issue them these experiences can become more like web2
0: or web3 is, has fallen more into the background so so is is your product you know really targeted at at that like xp based system or is it more of just a broad nft management system so that you can manage NFTs as if it were Web 2 while still getting all, reaping all the benefits of, of sort of it, it being NFTs on the chain?
1: Effectively, it's an API to manage your NFTs on Solana. So you can manage non-transferable NFT, transferable and compressed NFTs as well as semi-fungible. And the super team NFTs are one use case. Um, that's been built out that we think is like this membership NFT use case that is great with communities, enables them to capture social capital and identify their top contributors. Uh, Another use case we're seeing is loyalty rewards with the Saga Genesis token. So if you've minted a Saga Genesis token that is an underdog NFT, it's soul bound, it's tracking your activity within the Dapp store as well. And what you're seeing there is a way to capture social capital or at least Engagement data, and then use that to personalize and tailor experiences and rewards for users down the line. So uh, TLDR, a API to manage all of your NFTs uh, with several use cases like membership, loyalty rewards, and then some other things with compression as well.
0: Way, way cool. I was I was looking through your docs, um, you know, and and that's definitely what it seemed like. And it seemed uh, it seemed super awesome for a traditional web developer to interact with so that was that that got me super excited uh, I would you know it, it's it's especially cool to hear about like the the specific use cases and and what you've sort of rolled out with with partners uh, super team obviously is a big deal in the Solana community so I guess one congrats on like partnering with super team that's that's pretty sick uh, and and two I'm sure there's a ton of you know robust use cases down the line that you'll get with them yeah for
1: sure i think like um you know super team is i actually did a tweet this this morning which is um you could probably build a rippling for web3 using the super team membership nfts right like those can be the profile the aggregator and everything you could do within rippling related to an employee or community member super team is just a future work community um, is you can build that rippling using these membership nfts and one of the things that I love about Superteam, not only just Cash, Neil, and, and Akshay, is the willingness of the developers to test and to work together. So I know that I can, I, and this is genuinely for anyone in the ecosystem, is you can find a Superteam developer, shoot them a message and say, hey, here's my idea. Here's how I'm thinking about it. Are you up for it? And it's a yes or no question, and they're usually up to help. And that's that's the thing that I love about Superteam and, and why they're so helpful for us, but I think also for
0: Way cool. Way yeah. cool.
3: Super team's super great. Every time I've interacted with anyone from Super Team, whether it's some random like member or if it's someone who actually like quote unquote holds position, it's always been a great experience. Um, one of the reasons I I was super excited to have you guys on the show because uh, Tony and I were talking about like use cases for NFTs, and it sounds like you guys are already building your product and your your business towards uh, covering some of these use cases, but. I'm super excited to talk about other use cases that NFTs could kind of facilitate um, in whatever way that that looks like. And, and Tony and I were kind of talking quite a bit in the in the Twitter DMs about uh, how to do some like really, really interesting things that we really haven't seen in blockchain at all and definitely not on Solana. So I that's kind of I, where I want to steer this conversation. Um, so what are, like aside from the, two big ones that you kind of already listed, what are some of the other really interesting use cases that you think that NFTs can support that maybe are not uh, being built out yet or at least publicly available yet?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we have, oh man, um, Kevin, I think about that, we're talking about this yesterday and last week. um, uh, Kevin has this awesome saying that compression, uh, sure, it's a thousand X decrease in cost, but it's a thousand X increase in the ability to capture data Mm -hmm. on chain. You can imagine a world where you can drop a compressed NFT every single time something is done on-chain by a user. And essentially what you're doing is creating a marker, this marking infrastructure you have within your own databases, but on-chain. Um, and now what happens is you have this set of data that is, that is is on-chain and can be used by other protocols. And you're able to use that to create these composable and interoperable experiences. Um, and I think the big unlock there is compression. And there's been this... There is this, and Kevin, you can jump in, but there's this big hype around um, compression as an unlock to send a mass amount of NFTs. And that's pushed us toward tradable assets as NFTs again, um, which I think is great. And there's going to be a lot of use cases like faceless, 350,000 BFPs. That's unheard of. And that's awesome, right? Like, there's a real market there. But with compression outside of tradable assets, we think the biggest opportunity is data targeting ads. And Kevin, if you want to, chat a little bit about like on-chain stamps and then even Synapse.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the thing that we always go back to is that the foundation that we build Underdog on is this idea of separating the data and the service layer and really viewing blockchain as more of that data layer. And right now, I think what that data layer has been useful for is like, is who owns what, um, essentially like trading NFTs. But I think there is more data around who does what and what people have accomplished or done on that, that we can bring on chain more than just who owns what and that who does what is really what compressed nfts uh unlock uh one of the things that we've talked about uh, often is this idea of like provenance provenance or like um like literal art history uh for, for example like what, we've had conversations with exchange art What's um, funny is, is Kev, sorry to,
1: to butt you off. Kev, Kevin didn't believe me that provenance was a real word when I said it, so <laughs> I, I laugh whenever he he says provenance because he, he just didn't believe it. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, lit, literal art history is the, is the smooth brain word for for provenance, um, but we've had conversations with them of every time viewing a a one on one or some NFT dropping a compressed um, NFT. And this builds up uh, a history that's not really possible in the, in the physical world or even in Web2 web where you can um, see who has viewed what piece of art and when, when they viewed it. And it would be cool to be like, hey, I was the first hundred, like one of the first hundred people to, to view the Mona Lisa um, at the Louvre, for example. Um, and this actually adds a lot of value to the art, the tradable, like who owns what element of it as well. Um, and you can kind of apply this like viewership concept to a lot of other domains as well, whether it's uh, with home base um, that we've been talking to as well, or parcel, like what properties are people looking at? And this is that I, that going back to that separation of the data and the service layer is that now we have this public database instead of just storing who owns what on it. Um, it's kind of now a Google analytics, but it's like semi-public. And this is a little bit of a paradigm shift for a lot of, uh, a lot of partners that we work with where they're, they're always asking us, like, why would we share all our information um, publicly? Like who all our users are or like like what art that people have, have uh, viewed? Um, so it's kind of an open conversation about figuring out, hey, what are useful pieces of information that we want to share across the ecosystem? Whether it's super team XP points or what SolarPlex AMAs I've participated in. Uh, but this creates a very rich data set where like longer term, the blockchain that's going to win is the blockchain that has that is the most data rich blockchain. And people don't care if you use Postgres or uh, MongoDB or whatever. Um, and people in the long run won't care um, whether you use Solana or whether you use Ethereum. But I think the longer term win is what, what blockchain is the most useful. And that really comes down to what data actually exists on that blockchain. And compression really 1000x is the opportunity to be that blockchain that wins because of data. Yeah,
3: I think it's not only what data is available, but the cost to actually store that data. That's one of the biggest things Mm -hmm. because like if you take, especially on the aspect of compression, once you take the from the business perspective of of you're trying to subsidize costs for your users, whether that's because you're doing it purely for zero cost to them or you're trying to monetize them, their viewership in some way with advertisement, like as a business, Mm -hmm. you are absorbing that cost. So the lower that cost can be with things like compression, it just makes it so it can scale infinitely um, more and more quickly. And that's, yeah. that's like the biggest unlock.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think on that point as well, I think a lot, there's a lot of pushback around compression as well around like manipulating or or like uh, manipulating a Merkle tree. And it's, it eventually becomes like a not a scalable solution if a lot of people are trading compressed nfts because not you can't have that many concurrent rights um on the tree it ends up just being more expensive as you create a like a tree with larger buffer size or like more trees with smaller depth and large, large canopy but if you're kind of viewing compression as just kind of like static data like like markers that don't really move very often that's more of a use case that like makes sense for compression if i drop a marker or like Nick went on like google.com and then like searched Solana and then got a marker for that. That's, you don't want that marker to move. You could even just assign it to a PDA associated with uh, Nick's wallet. And that kind of makes sense for compression. But if it's like, I'm Nick is trading like 100,000 faceless NFTs, and you're manipulating like 50 Merkle trees to do that, that might not make make sense on, on Um, on-chain, like maybe normal NFTs or ARG might be the future for specifically assets and tradable assets. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's,
0: uh,
1: yeah, uh, go ahead, Tom. Back on the point of ads, I I think the big use cases that sort of set the path for this world of Web3 ads is this idea of on-chain stamps and gathering this data and information of user activity across the ecosystem. And what that will unlock is better targeting. Um, And then I think once we can target users better, this will enable an ecosystem of ads to come about, but I do think that there is a long line of of progressions and and some products and use cases that need to unfold before we can get to this targeting. And one of the biggest projects that I'm excited about is Synap, which is is enabling ads and, and targeting um, on chain um, through compressed NFTs. Um, but just wanted to get that bit in.
3: Oh, I haven't actually heard of Synapse. I'll have to. I'll have to. Look them up later. Um, so like I, I really like this idea of like dropping breadcrumbs effectively as as a, as users and people go to interact with things across the, the the internet really. It doesn't even have to be on Solana. You could, you know, there's technology where you can, you know, airdrop an NFT to an email address that they can then claim and redeem. But like with compression, especially if you're doing this like breadcrumb like interactions compressed nfts don't have the ability to like freeze the the owner of the nft have you guys thought about that cuz like in my mind i'm thinking like people love gaming the system always so if you're dropping nfts that potentially have some amount of value you know it could even be fractions of a cent from the user perspective you know they're they're maybe you know doing some sort of botted mining of these interactions to get these nfts even if that's to build a a persona of a real person so that way people sell personas and identities all the time. Right. So like people could have these, these breadcrumbs, these stamps of interactions that they did, but if you can't freeze those assets to a wallet, then like, I don't know, it just seems like a, like a vulnerability, I guess. Have you guys thought about how to do that? Cause like bubblegum doesn't support freezing a compressed NFT.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We, we have. And uh, one of the things that, um, We started at, at the beginning. I think it was more of a feature than a bug that compressed NFTs didn't show up in wallets. Yeah, um, agree. Now that they are, <laughs> the fact that like you you don't want to have like hundreds of thousands of compressed NFTs that Phantom has to index and show show in a wallet. So I think a solution uh, that we're working on is like a a, a PDA for associated with every ad- address and compressed NFTs getting dropped. Into a PDA associated to that address. So then, one, this kind of solves the problem of um, the NFT showing up in people's wallets. It'll be associated with that that wallet, but you won't it won't show up in the wallet. And second, the transferability element as well. So it'll be non-transferable according you to you. Basically, PDA. restrict it to you. Make
3: that PDA the actual owner instead of the actual user themselves, and then you yeah. can build rules and things around if the user can actually transfer or manipulate those. PDA owned uh NFTs compressed NFTs
2: yeah yeah and then you yeah. can add additional metadata on the PDA as well whether it's like email addresses or other types of accounts that you want to associate with the compressed NFTs uh dropped and this kind of creates a rich like shared data set where that PDA could be shared across different um projects that are using underdog where you could drop an NFT to a wallet wallet's PDA um and other Projects as well could drop wallet uh, and a uh, compress NFTs to that that wallet's PDA and then kind of um, pull from that same data set of like what that wallet has done based on like that PDA's NFTs. The mm,
0: gotcha. the phrase that just entered my mind was persistent Web3 cookies. <laughs> right, it's like 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 cookies yeah. is sort of how we do everything in a browser, um, but but we're talking about something that's like permanent, right? And and on chain. And and uh, I, I could definitely see some pushback from some people with regards to sort of like privacy and, and tracking. Yeah, the
3: question of do you um, want everything I'm, to be on chain in public, you know? In the, and I think that's a valid
0: question. That being said, I, I do think like the de facto standard for virtually all of us is accept all cookies, right? Like like never we sort of have already yeah, never have, no, <laughs> already
1: I, i'm going to do this with my mouse and press it
0: of course like like we've we've just kind of defaulted to like look it's a better experience on the internet if we share a little bit of information about ourselves and we set arbitrary lines right like some people would be like well i don't want like this particular social media site to to give me targeted ads so i'll like turn that setting off but by and large None of us is like truly anonymous on the internet and and we've got all this information out there. And, and so I, I see a ton of upside to, to what you're talking about, I guess, just in terms of being able to provide a curated experience to the people using your application if you have access to this sort of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that Accept All Cookies, I think the end user... Um, doesn't think about it from a privacy perspective. I think it's just they just want that pop up out of there. That's really what it is. Um, This pop up is really
3: fucking annoying. Get it away from me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so, so I think what that teaches us is that like privacy isn't like killer use case for a lot of people. They just want to use the product that's on the other side of that that privacy. And like, I think Neva is a good example that like privacy focused search engine never never took off because privacy isn't that killer use case that makes people like switch away from Google. And I have a lot of friends that compare uh, complain about Google, Facebook like taking all my data, but I'm going to continue to use all these products anyways because the convenience. they're the best product. Right? And I think web like web3 like of course like decentralization or like is 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 super valuable. Like that's why we're all we're all here on this podcast. Um, but it's not the killer use case that gets people to use um, use Web3. Um, like for now, it's like creating more crypto, but in the future, it's like, like can we bring more data on chain that's useful? And then actually create it like a more interesting experience. Like one of the things that Tony and I talk about a ton is um, with generative AI, a lot of that uh, relies on context. And the more data that you can bring on chain in kind of the semi-public, semi-private like data silo of Web3, this public data silo, um, you can generate experiences based on the context of like what you've done or what NFTs that you own. Um, and that could be an interesting killer use case for like the data set that like web three or like Solana, like with uh, compressed NFTs could be building for the future.
1: And I think, you know, it's the statistic has a stat, like 55% of users will share their personal data for a better experience. Um, and to add to Kevin's point, like there's definitely a rise of, And this is something that people don't know of, but it's been used in the background. It's like these large language models have been used to curate our feeds for years now. Um, And I I think if you combine the metadata, the the thing that has made Facebook so valuable all these years is sure, their ads, but really the metadata layer that they've created um, around all this context of an individual. And if you're able to create a similar metadata layer from the NFTs that are on Solana and on chain, and then in some way, either combine it with a large language model or a vector database and combine these AI models with metadata, then you can imagine a world where, hey, I have this XNFT app that has all my compressed NFT stamps from all my activity at Jupiter, on Mago, on SolarPlex, on um, um, Solana Cookbook, whatever the case may be. And when I open up this XNFT, I have my NFTs like in wallpapers. I have these different curated experiences from the communities that I'm a part of. I have specific like bounties curated for me, and that's something that's that's possible, in my opinion, because of the metadata within this NFT. And it goes back to that early point, uh, James and Nick. It's the social capital, right? It's like now that you're able to capture all of the social capital within one aggregated view and use that in order to curate experiences for individuals. And and for us, that's what the that's what an NFT as a data standard, not as a tradable asset, unlocks.
0: I love that. I. I'm curious, and and this can be just like a quick tangent. We can come right back Like, I'm really enjoying sort of this meta conversation about what we could do with NFTs. I do want to ask sort of a specific question with regards to underdog, which is, is this what we're talking about, this data standard? Uh, Is this something you're actively building at underdog? Or is this sort of more, hey, we provide infrastructure to support this. Someone else should jump in and make this. Uh, like how, how are you viewing this as a, as a company? Yeah, I think think it's,
1: it's, it's both, uh, Kevin, go ahead.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think for us, it's like a two, two two-step process, right? I think to have this metadata layer be actively useful, there actually has to be data on chain. And if the only data that we're bringing on is who owns what monkey, then no one's ever going to have enough context to actually make an interesting experience. So that's why like our initial product is this API that allows you to mint, index, and update all your NFTs um, in one place. It's really the idea of bringing up data on chain. Um, and I think a great example of that uh is Solarplex, where they started using our API just initially for PoApps. And then every every week or every couple of weeks, they have a new product using our using our API. Now they have these uh these uh scavenger hunt journeys, these stamps. Um, and starting to bring some data on, on chain in that, in that sense. And I think now they're asking like, oh, can we use super team XP data within our product as well? It's starting to bridge, make bridges across the products that are using, um, using the underdog API. And I think that will eventually lead to this kind of read stage, um, of the, of the underdog where like, we have a lot of valuable information that's easily accessible through our API. Um, what can be now, what can now be created and what type of experiences that uh, result, uh, are a result of this data that's brought on chain.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, I hit it right on the head, which is like a two step process of, um, we've built out Underdog dog core. Now it's verticalizing the API and pinking use cases and verticals that make the most sense. So I think uh, web three, which is very broad, I know it's, you know, solar flex and parcel parcels using us to, for the real estate Royale competition. Um, Then there's a second piece, which is like loyalty rewards, is we have a Square integration uh, that we've chatted with Boba guys about. It enables you to send a dynamic NFT every time someone checks into your Square POS and then updates whenever someone purchases at your store. Loyalty rewards will be that second vertical. Then that third vertical is data, which is what we're talking about right now. And so I think for us as a business, it's focusing on these verticals, verticalizing the API creating products and experiences with our current partners and new partners that fit here, bringing that data on chain and then saying, okay, great. We're at this read stage. How can we get everyone? And this is why I love my time at Uber and thumbtack. It's, Hey, we have this ecosystem of products because we understand our customers so well, how can we create an ecosystem of products and experiences that work together? Um, And then that'll be that read stage where we, we believe we can create this metadata layer
3: yeah, and that's one of the beauties of of public data on blockchain is like, yes, it's public. So like maybe you don't want it to be public. But when it is public, as a user, you can get more benefits from whatever that data is. Like <clears throat> like the classic example of uh, you know starbucks and and Dunkin Donuts doing a reward system on chain, well, they can basically give rewards to the other person's customers because that data is public. So as a as the end consumer, you get additional value out of it. And it's, it sounds like all of the things that you guys are building at underdog and like helping, uh, I guess, facilitate within the Solana ecosystem is kind of, it's the, the, the underlying metadata that's going to like help users get a higher end benefit. Yeah. And I love it. That, that's
1: that's <laughs> the hope. That's the hope. And I, I also think there's one big value out there, which is, um, you know, investors yeah. will say, take it there, but investors will say like, Hey, like Solana is rather small. Can you take, uh, walk me through how you're thinking about going to market with Web2 businesses. And uh, right now, a Web2 business would look in Solana and say, "Okay, great. I understand why I would want to use this, but where's the, the real value?" Now, let's say everything that we create, we we just said now, two three years down the road is real. Hey, uh, big business, here's the big data set. Here's um, a huge like here's a huge data set of interactions and experiences of users who fit your customer persona. Here's a really easy way to go to market. Oh, and by the way, here's all the NFTs or the way that you can own the relationship with your users and your customers just set for you. And here are all the use cases you can do. Um, and so I think it's another great way, not only for projects and users to get a ton of value, but I think for web two businesses to go to market into web three, um, and, and, and that's candidly why I think Polygon is, is sort of being Solana is because they have this more data rich blockchain saying that, Hey, users, Starbucks can look at Polygon and say, okay here is a data set of users who match my persona let's go here and I think Solana will get
0: there at some point um, within the next couple of years this is this is interesting my <laughs> yeah my 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 pause is that I'm I'm like absorbing a lot of this information I've not I've not thought about nfts in this way uh, I'm yeah I, I'm genuinely excited about this because I I feel like I've been I've been very frustrated in the past at how uh, stuck we as an ecosystem have been in NFTs, our PFPs. I wouldn't even say us as an ecosystem.
3: Uh, I would say blockchain period.
0: Is that NFT yeah. is no, our yeah PFP. yeah yeah and, and and that's kind of what I meant uh, but like I I'm talking the broad ecosystem of everyone in blockchain not even just Solana right mm-hmm. um it, in in fact Solana might be doing a better job than average of, of providing so uh, I I, of, I would agree with it. that for you, sure you know sol, solid NFT based use cases that aren't just PFPs um that that being said it's like that I I I think uh we're still it's still we're still young in developing these solutions. And so, so I love I love both hearing the sort of theory of what it could be, but then uh, love talking with people like the two of you who not only are saying, hey, here's what it could be. It's also, and here's what we've built that supports this, that facilitates this. Here are the projects that are using what we've built and, and providing this. Um, Maybe maybe we could take that one step further and and um, come up with like a hypothetical of of if I were creating a a new project today uh, I I want to create some sort of product and community uh, that exists in Solana how should I start thinking about leveraging Underdog's tooling from Day one, right? Like what is what is the big value add for me as a founder to say I'm gonna allocate some of my budget to the the NFTs we're talking about from day one. What like what's the pitch? Why am I doing this?
1: For sure. Kevin, I'll let you take the 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 company product side. So maybe you can talk a little bit towards like the Solana Mobile conversation and I'll talk a little bit about community. Um, I think the 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 big pitch for, for Super Team was. I'm a Web3 community who doesn't use any on-chain tooling. And if you go to 95% of DAOs in anywhere, that is the truth. Um, And you ought to add on another layer to it, which is I don't use any on-chain tooling. And the tooling that I do use, it's like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten tools. And I use all of them just to do one thing, keep on top of my users and my contributors. Because the big thing I want to do is understand and analyze my top contributors so I can, A, provide a big better experience for them, B, reward them, and or C, keep them engaged and retain them within my community. Um, and so for Super Team or really at large, what I'm seeing with communities is they use a couple tools. Number one, they'll use Typeform. Number two, they'll use Notion, they'll use Airtable, and they'll definitely use Discord. This is usually the tech stack for a lot of communities. Now, one of the things that that underdog really is thinking about and is a big competitive advantage for us is this integration ecosystem. Um, So for us, it's not just enough to make NFTs very easy. We want to seamlessly integrate them into your workflow. So we have these custom integrations with Telegram, Discord, and Airtable. We'll be creating more plugins down the future when we can get more devs. Um, But essentially, what you'll be able to do is then plug into your Airtable like Superteam. If you have a reputation system that already lives within Airtable, that will then just connect straight to your dynamic NFT. And what you'll then be able to do is create this membership badge for your member. And then with underdogs management dashboard, you are able to see all of these members, whether that's 10, 150, or a 1, thousand, you can update the NFTs with no code. You can change the image, you can revoke them, you can burn them. Everything that you need to do via membership, you can do within underdog. So TLDR, underdog is a really easy way to connect all your current workflows to an NFT that captures your members' contributions and activity within your community. And so I think that's the big pitch for, um, for communities. And you know, we've seen Super Team DAO, we've seen Things List um, use Underdog. And in my opinion, those are two really big communities on Solana. And there's still a lot of, I think there's specific products that need to be built for communities. And um, that's something that I'm excited about. And Kevin, if you want to talk a little bit about um, the pitch for for companies, maybe like the, the
0: salon mobiles of the world.
2: Yeah, and I, I think on the company and product side, I think the, in Web3, there's a lot of tools already out there to, to start building, especially build it yourself, uh, whether it's like the MetaPlex yeah. SDK or stitching together like Helios. Or, um, but I think what, under, what differentiates Underdog from a lot of the other products is that we're an all-in-one tool stack for, for Web3. Um, where the Minter index or an updater for all your NFTs um, in one place. And what this allows uh, or enables on the product side is for products and product builders to focus on their core competency, um, which isn't necessarily like how do I manage all my Solana? How do I manage all my NFTs? Um, how do I uh, use the Metaplex SDK? And you could spend days, if not like multiple weeks like working on this. So for example, like this is a large team's Solana Mobile, um, their lead engineer said like to build what you guys had built it would have taken us three months three engineers um, to set up the infrastructure for the genesis token with uh, with underdog it took us a week or uh, less than a week and a single engineer um, so it really speeds up development time especially for larger teams um, that really want to integrate nfts into their core product like the solana mobile uh, genesis token um, so that's really that like key pitch for for people that are building a product like you're not Building for the sake of building, um, and I think that's kind of one of the problems within the Web3 ecosystem is like we fo- we kind of champion building and chewing glass when we should really focus on like how is this an actual product and how do we actually provide value for for the end user and with Underdog you can forget about all the Web3 stuff um, almost like treat Web3 as just another database or like a like a public database that you're you're using um, and what is the actual value you're providing for, for the end user? Yeah.
1: And so I'll break it up even, even better. I think acquisition, if you want to acquire customers, you can use Duster, which is our compressed NFT tool as a service. You can think of it as as a service. You'll be able to upload a CSV of wallets, create an NFT, and then airdrop that to up to 10,000 users. Um, maybe you've seen it with Gary, uh, maybe it's in your wallet to airdrop that to a ton of people. If you want to engage users, we've seen people use, compressed NFTs as stamps or even dynamic NFTs so you can create quests, ID layer three, maybe down the line in like two, three weeks, just keep your eyes peeled. You'll be able to create quests and then airdrop these different NFTs to reward with social capital. And I think with retention, there's still a lot of things that, that we can do. But what I'm hinting at is if you want to use underdog, I would push you to think of NFTs in, the ter- in terms of a business funnel. Acquisition, engagement, retention each one needs a specific experience and each one and each experience has a place for nfts and uh shoot me a dm i will jam with you and, and we'll, we'll get it done uh, in no time kevin loves the ship so hopefully that gives <laughs> that's
0: that's awesome i love it um that that i'm, I'm not gonna lie your explanations exceeded my expectations that was that was fantastic <laughs> nice right awesome. like like um i like i had an idea in mind of how you know if i were a founder today how i would use your i want to hear it. And services and uh, well it, it was the it was the light version of what you just said right like you yeah. just you you expounded on it so much further uh, especially bringing it sort of thinking of of it as as like a, almost a sales funnel Right. Yeah. Like that, that sort of that was definitely leveled up from how I was thinking about it, which was which was awesome. The the drip as a service that, that you mentioned, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I do think I, I, I'm really excited for like hopefully not too far in the future, uh, you, know, you know, where airdropping an NFT is is more tied into um, it is more akin to like signing up for a newsletter. type Exactly. Of thing, right. Where, exactly. Where, where it's like, where it's like, I, I actually, one of I those things see, that Tony and I were talking like, about in the DMs. Yes, dude, <laughs> like exactly. like, like, when, like I, when I, when I, when I sign up for a newsletter, I actually, I actually see it in, in my yeah. inbox. Like I, I check that thing regularly. Uh, you know, if it just shows up in my phantom, in the tab, in my phantom wallet, where I can see yeah. my NFTs or backpack where I see my NFTs, that's, you know, like that, that isn't, uh, that isn't the thing I see twelve times totally. a day, right? Totally. Um, but 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 I imagine it will be within a short number of years, right? One one, yeah. to, one to two years. Uh, things like dialect, right? I, th- I think already are, are facilitating that, where it's like, hey, this is this is a place where it's it it is actually a wallet, but like it's it's a wallet that's designed for consuming content and and communicating with with people and the more that those sorts of solutions exist i think the more powerful um the the types of nfts that we're talking about right now become um because because they actually are are sort of like visible and present in your life in ways that are meaningful uh as as opposed to just like oh i got a bunch of like trash airdrops in my phantom wallet that like i didn't notice they were there <laughs> yeah, I yeah, got, yeah like hidden behind the spam wall kind of thing yeah, you know like yeah. we'll we'll start building up up tooling to to solve these these things and and make sure that what's relevant gets surfaced and that's and that's awesome yeah
1: and then, um you know one of the things that I, i've gone to dm recently which is like hey you know a lot of the stuff you're pushing is is what drip is doing and i think drip is, is building one of the best, like most exciting networks on Solana, and I think in, in crypto in general. Uh, my one of my favorite soul, two of my favorite social products are yup.io, which is on Ethereum, and then Drip. And um, one of the, 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 the things that we're working on is this idea of a MailChimp for Web3. So Drip does an amazing job of enabling creators to connect directly with their fans. And I think as they're building their network and building the social graph that is Drip, that is going to scale out amazingly, and it's going to be uh, a, it's going to be a social network that that is just going to drop in our laps and we're going to be like, holy shit, why am I scrolling through videos, music, pictures, and like this is insane. But um, to take that another level is I imagine a world where just like Substack, you know, mediated medium and, uh, and the New York Times is James will be able to create a Uh, a newsletter and airdrop these nfts and maybe create small campaigns um, related to sulfate um, and then you know send nfts to people who have signed up for those specific campaigns and this mailchimp for web 3 tool uh, i think is going to take that small step to enable compressed nfts as a real distribution mechanism i don't think that will take years i think that can take a couple months right and the second piece there as well is i think x nfts like x nfts Back to our conversation around how Solana has been pushing the, the, the medium on, on, on NFTs more than other chain, chains, I think XNFTs are going to be such an interesting spot to then once again, A, do targeting and or B, do, do data collection. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things that are coming in the next couple months versus um, next couple years. And in the next couple years, um, I think that metadata layer is what everyone should be looking forward to.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I'm totally sure. totally agree with that. Like, I my I think my favorite part of our conversation we've had so far. Like, we're we're getting close to the end, so we'll kind of try to wrap it up. But everything that you have said, these are the exact thoughts that have been like ruminating in my brain, and I've just like been been pondering right. them. And and I'm really happy to see that you guys have basically all the exact same ideas of 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 ways that we can take the space forward and ways to use NFTs. And I'm super happy that you guys are are building so many different uh, like solutions for it. I think the last thing I want to say before we close out, I'm going to ask this to to each of you, is what out of all the things that have not yet been built, what is your favorite like theoretical use case for NFTs? Whether that's an experience, a, a, a technology, a technology layer, or, or whatever, like what do you think is the one thing that is the coolest that you have not seen yet? And it could be that it could, be, that. Me it me could be the uh, you know the Mailchimp for for NFTs. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think for me, um, there's been a trend in people in in the Reddit API getting shut off, Twitter API getting shut off, and a lot of it is kind of countering. Like, people say it's like, oh, like, it's like we shouldn't have, get, like, third-party, like, we don't want third-party apps, but really it was, like, in reaction to, like, LLMs. Um, So this super valuable, like, context and, like, Training data um, is is just slowly getting cut off because people don't like LLMs or like it's like competitive in like a web two sense. Um, in web three, it's kind of the opposite where like the more data that's actually on chain, the more valuable it is. And I think the long the thing that I'm most excited about uh, in web three and is how do we generate very interesting experiences because of, we have a public database of who you are and like companies have opted into sharing that information um and i think that well that makes Web 3 like a lot more valuable than just again again the who owns who owns what um who does what and then now creating like basically generative a b testing for every app or product that you use uh in the future
3: Yeah,
1: yeah i think for me is it's on chain cookies um I, I think like cookies you know have this bad, have this terrible reputation so we want to call them on chain stamps but
3: um, they are tasty though <laughs> they are tasty,
1: uh, and it's the reality, right? It's like you—you you, you in, you get a better—you get a better user experience, and the bad user experience we get in Web two is because this data is in, in private silos with, for, with, uh, being used uh, by people who don't have influence over or any governance or direction over, right? And I think that's the whole premise of Web three. So bringing you know these, this data on chain through through Web through on chain stamps is something that I'm really excited about. And that leads up to what Kevin is talking about is using this NFT NFT pool data, uh, this pool of data through NFTs as a way to create generative experiences. Um, those are the those are generally the, the two things that I think we're excited about. And for me, it's on-chain stamps. Alpha is um, Backpack is releasing a, a mobile app, and uh, they will we will be uh, trying out this on-chain cookie stuff on some X So Ooh. once the mobile app comes out. Um, we will hopefully be able to do some of these interoperable and composable experiences. That's the thing that keeps me going genuinely, even though I think James and Nick, I feel your frustration of we're not just PFPs. And, and, and me and Kevin argue about this every day where it's just <laughs> banging our heads kind of like where we sound like idiots or suckers just professing. And, but no, I think the ecosystem is waiting for, for PFP matter to go away and NFTs to be you know used in this way. and. Um, I'm excited to hopefully and, and in my mind be a part of it.
3: So. Yeah, love it. That's I take the next. The next bull run is going to be because we have figured out the we've gotten rid of the PFP meta. I think that's going to exactly. be the next, the next. thing that's going to cause or, the, the huge run up or, or Mert's beard, maybe, maybe transfer. or Mert's beard.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, love it. That's, that's awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much, guys. Yeah, for, this has been awesome. Joining, Thank you so much. This like this wildly exceeded my expectations i you know you guys have definitely opened my mind to the possibilities of nice. of nft use cases i'm super excited to see it come to fruition even even further um so thanks so much um yeah any any last minute you know chill or things you want you want to say to, to listeners before we hop off no
1: um I'll, nfts, you need oh. NFTs you use underdog
0: all right sick Yeah, definitely, definitely, use underdog. All right. Well, thanks, guys, uh, to the listeners. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for watching. Appreciate you guys. Bye. See ya. See ya.